Well, good morning, everyone. And for those listening on the podcast in uh, a few hours or a few days or months, um, earlier on in our service, we sang that famous, well-known old hymn, Crown Him with Many Crowns. And that took me straight back to my schooling. I remember sitting on the floor, singing that, wondering what potentate of time was all about. Now I have Google, so I now know all about what potentate of time means. But my prayer for us today is that... Well, it's only just coming out when I was at school. Uh, So my prayer really for us is that um, my babbling, my words, are the words of God. And you sit, imagine that you're listening to God speaking to you through me. Father God, as I speak, give me a clear mind. And let us listen attentively to your wonderful, inspiring scriptures. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So later we'll be sharing communion together and this short talk or reflection is the hope in broken bread. The hope in broken bread. And if you join us regularly for communion here at the well, you'll know these lovely words from um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And these are the words that we very frequently use as we introduce communion. And I'm going to read them to us now. Paul writes, this is um, chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And Paul continues, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So often we use these instructions on uh, observing the Lord's Supper to remember his sacrifice. We remember through the symbolism of the bread and the wine, Jesus' broken body and his shed blood. And we often use it to remember the sacrifice. But this morning I'd like us to dwell on those last three words. Until he comes. Wrapped up in those three words, until he comes, it reveals the the, the mystery, the mystery of Christ. And really this is the message which Andy gave us when we were at Wash Common on Easter Sunday at that service of baptism. Uh, He said the death of Christ on the cross, that that wins our salvation, but... It only becomes effective through the resurrection of Christ. And he said, 
if Christ was not resurrected, then his earthly work was a failure. So it's only through Christ's resurrection can we declare, as is written on the wall, Jesus Christ is Lord. Only through his resurrection can we say that Jesus Christ is our saviour, our redeemer, (coughs) that he is the Messiah. And all those other wonderful names that we use for Christ. Uh, Well, you may know that I was brought up in an Anglican church, in in the Church of England. And every Sunday from our service book, we would read the the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and it goes on. You may not know that creed. Creed is just a, a, a statement of faith that we would read. But you might know the, the hill song, um, song, This I Believe, the Creed. I can see someone nodding their head. Thank you, Laurie. I believe in the resurrection, we sing, that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Uh, We won't sing that today, but I'm sure many of you will know and love that that song. So when, when we share communion together, we're remembering Jesus' sacrifice on the cross we're remembering his broken body and shed blood. But we're also bringing to mind his resurrection. So the until he comes from uh, 1 Corinthians 11 directs us both back to the cross where we remember his sacrifice and forwards to his resurrection three days later. And, and if you like the until he comes... It helps us to reflect on Jesus' death and resurrection and and gives us a glimpse of of what is to come. It's much more than just a a foretelling or or a prophecy. That reality of the blood and nails and the suffering is what we remember whenever we eat this cup, eat this bread and drink this cup. And that remembrance gives us the assurance that God's plan will bring about full redemption to to all of his creation dear brother prompted me this week Uh, he reminded me that the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the declaration that God has already brought about full redemption to, to all of, of his creation. We sometimes say, don't we, that it's the now and not yet. Redemption has been won and redemption will be run, won for the, for the whole of his creation. It's difficult to get a grip of. For me, it's just something that I believe, something that I can take on trust. But it might be helpful for me to set you some homework uh, from Scripture. And I propose that this week uh, you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
Here's an aid memoir. Yesterday, one coronation. This week, read one Corinthians. And now all you have to remember is 15. 15. Now you'll remember it. Okay. Um, maybe reading isn't your thing. Maybe you don't kind of feel comfortable reading. Uh, maybe you're more of a kind of um, audio kind of person. In which case, you could listen to that wonderful, wonderful song, There Is a Day by Lou Fellingham. Uh, Fatfish is a band, if you, uh, if you know that. Um, and reading 1 Corinthians 15 or listening to, to that song... Uh, will really help you kind of get a grip of this wonderful message about now and not yet. So let me just kind of paint a picture for your homework just to, uh, to set it into scene. Chapter 15 is in three sections. Those three sections in my NIV Bible are captioned the resurrection of Christ, the resurrection of the dead, and finally, the resurrection body. And Paul, when he's writing to the church in uh, Corinth, is expanding, is using his knowledge, experience, the revelations that he's had to explain about the resurrection to the church. When I read... Paul's instructions for the Lord's Supper, he starts, for I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. And if I can find it, he uses precisely those words in, um, I can't find it. It's here. Yeah, he uses precisely those words um, in, in verse 3 of uh, 1 Corinthians 15. For, I re- for what I received, I passed on to you. Paul writes in this first section about the witnesses to the resurrection that Jesus in his resurrected body appeared to, to Peter and the apostles and five, 500. And he says that some of those people are still alive. Those who witnessed the resurrected body of Christ still alive so the resurrection is you know no one could say that it didn't happen he describes Jesus resurrected body as the first fruits the first and most perfect of all those that were raised Um, if we turn to We turn to verse 22, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, we have this. So in Christ, all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. Christ, the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. And then the end will come. Paul is explaining that Christ Jesus, in God's fulfillment of his plan, died and was resurrected. 
and like him, our earthly bodies will be restored as well. But of course, as humans, we have a natural load of questions about this, about those who belong to him. What form does this take? And what about the believers who have already died? What about those who um, haven't yet repented? And Paul, in section uh, 3, the resurrection body, 35, verse 35 onwards, um, he says, well, some may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? Well, Paul explains that we're not to get hung up on those practicalities. The Lord who raised Jesus from the dead to accomplish redemption for all mankind, who flung the stars into space, will bring it about. We're not to worry about the form that it will take or how long it will be. Um, Paul describes it as a mystery. So in your homework, when you get to verse 51, Paul says, listen. I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised to life, raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable. The mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that was written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, but when? When? When will Jesus return? When will that final triumph occur we've waited 2,000 years when when well Peter writes to the church to remind us of the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and in the second letter of Peter uh, he reminds us that um, we're not to worry about when to Peter chapter 3 verse 8 Do not forget one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. No, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish everyone to come to repentance but the day of the Lord will come like a thief the heavens will disappear with a roar the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare Peter explains that God in his love in his care in his desire for all of his creation to repent and bow at his knee that he's waiting for all tongues to confess that he is Lord. 
But as we share communion, we think about the blood and the body of Jesus. Our eyes can be firmly on the cross and the cross convinces us of Jesus' death and because we're convinced of his death, we're convinced of his resurrection. We have those witnesses who recognised Christ walking as a fully restored man. As we celebrate communion, as we bring those um, words to mind until he comes, we're committed to remember the sacrifice and the hope of what's to come. The resurrected Christ leads us to trust in the resurrection of the body. And we will turn to the cross and we will see Jesus face to face in God's time. We will see the splendour of God and his creation. And when we gaze on the cross, let us see and feel and experience anew the hope of a new creation with our bodies raised to a new life with Jesus in heaven, instantly changed, instantly restored, instantly made right with God. God reveals himself to us through his creation, through becoming man and walking with us, through his death as Jesus on the cross and through his resurrection. So this is the hope in broken bread and explained beautifully in uh, Colossians chapter 1. The, the supremacy of Christ, I'm reading from verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn. There is that word again, the firstborn over all creation. And then here's the creed that I knew and loved as a child. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the, and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his full, in all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Through his death, blood shed on the cross, God has restored us to be in a relationship with him. Through his resurrection, we are convicted of the hope for new things. So in a moment, as we share the communion together,
let us pray. Father God, we thank you that you walked among us. We praise you for your willingness to go to the cross. We think of your blood and your body broken for us. Through your resurrection, your work is complete. Our sins are forgiven and we can walk in a relationship with you. Father God, as we share together this meal, let us be convicted of your eternal plan for mankind and for our part in it. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.